Welcome to Where To Next, a podcast for the driven woman who's been there, done that, and wants to be intentional about what's next. Each week, I'll teach you how to get where you want to go next while focusing on what's working and what's lighting you up. You'll learn to connect and leverage your intuition, acknowledge doubt when it pops up, and have the skills and confidence to keep going. You'll create your next steps with new mindset tools and crystallized wisdom, all while doing life your way and not someone else's, and realizing it's way easier than you ever imagined. Because, my love, living life this way, your way, means the best is yet to come. You are made for this. Thanks so much for being here. Let's dive in. This is going to be fun today because... We're doing something, I'm doing something I've never done before. I've been singing Antihero from Taylor Swift since that song was released a few months ago, pretty much nonstop. I think I play it almost every day and probably at least five times a day. I'll look at somebody in my family and I'll say, it's me, hi, I'm the problem, it's me. And then they immediately will fill in the next line at T time everybody agrees i'm going to spare you my singing definitely go check out the song if you haven't already i don't know how that would even be possible but what i wanted to talk about today was what this means and how you can apply the lyrics but the concept overall to your life through the lens of this song basically in a nutshell when she talks about her anti-hero She's talking about that part of her brain or that part of her psyche that wants to keep her safe. That part of her brain, she alludes to lots in the song. You can go and check out the lyrics. And that is what her anti-hero or anyone's anti-hero does. Some people call them their inner mean girl or their inner critic, but there is a part of our psyche, our brain that wants to keep us where we are that interprets any sort of change even if we intellectually and logically know that it is in our best interest that part of our brain that interprets change to be a threat and the way our brain works I've talked about this before if you've listened to past podcasts or follow me on Instagram talk about the brain operating in sort of a triangular format we call it the motivational triad And your brain's job is to keep you alive, very simply. And the way it does that is it keeps you moving away from pain toward pleasure as quickly as possible, hence the triad, those three things. So when we're faced with a decision that says, okay, I'm gonna go for this new job, and you have to raise your hand and perhaps tell your boss, I'm thinking about doing this. Thoughts and feelings are gonna come up. My goodness, they're gonna think I'm not happy on this team. And then your own inner critic will pop up likely and say, oh my gosh, who am I to do this? Who am I to ask for this added responsibility? I don't really know what I'm doing, right? That is your anti-hero. That is your brain saying, we gotta stay safe here, right? So she's she being your brain is moving you away from the discomfort of taking a risk of raising your hand of having that conversation with the boss moving you toward the pleasure part which is releasing you from taking those risks she's shutting you down she's saying yeah no we're not going to do that 
And the way she does it as quickly as possible is she starts feeding you lies. Now, they're not lies, deceptive lies. They're lies that she's telling you, she your brain again, to protect you. So when you can understand this, you can begin to work with all the parts of your brain and all the parts of yourself. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. At tea time, everybody agrees. Love this line. There are so many parts of us. There's our little girl. There's who our future self is. There's who we are being right now. There's the part of us who was 21 and had a you know, had some tension in a relationship. There's the part of us who was 37 and was birthing children. All of our parts are with us at any one given time. And so when she says that at tea time, everybody agrees. It's, it's her way of saying that everybody who is part of you agrees. I'm the problem, right? The anti-hero is the problem. There's agreement there. And I love that because we're complex individuals. We're never just one thing at any one given time. And we're definitely not our brain. We're not our minds. Our thoughts are just 95% of them, they say, are subconscious, what we're thinking, which means 5% of them are very conscious. If I throw out another fact that researchers have somehow estimated, they say we have anywhere from 35,000 to 60,000 thoughts a day most of which are subconscious and on repeat. So it would make sense that we're listening to all of the parts. We're listening to the one that is the loudest, and that is our inner critic, our anti-hero. And the reason why that part is the loudest, our anti-hero or inner critic, is because she is the one who wants to keep us safe. So anytime she interprets a threat to her safety, she's going to kick and scream and yell and shout and do whatever she can to get your attention and basically shut you down. And that's exactly why whenever we set out to do something new, to do something beyond our comfort zone, to do something to grow us, to expand us, I'm not just talking about, you know, those dares you did when you were a kid, or maybe I bungee jumped when I was 19. I don't know what I was thinking. It took me quite a while to do it. It took me five, six, seven, eight, ten 10 minutes. It was a very long time. And my brain kept saying, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. It was a huge, <laughs> a huge milestone for me. I ended up doing it. I didn't know then that my brain was trying to keep me safe because it interpreted jumping off of this you know, bungee jumping to be dangerous. And it probably was in hindsight. Thank heavens I was 19 and I survived. But the type of risks that we want to take today aren't inherently dangerous to our life safety. What we risk today when we self-select for a new job, when we tell our partner, hey, I want to start this side business, when we go out on a limb and we meet a, a new friend and we say, hey, I really like you. Can we be friends? What does that look like? We are risking rejection. We're risking judgment. We're risking emotional vulnerability. And that is why our anti-hero is so loud. She does not like that. It is incredibly uncomfortable. Here's another line that I love. 
Sometimes I feel like everybody is a sexy baby and I'm a monster on the hill. Who hasn't had that moment where they've looked in the mirror and we've cut ourselves down and we've said, oh, I don't like this, this, and this about me. That's what she's saying and that's your inner critic. Again, that is a normal part of us. One of my girlfriends likes to say, we talk about this all the time, her inner mean girl likes to drive the car and steer the bus, the proverbial bus, so to speak. And we joke about making her sit in the passenger seat, making her sit shotgun. And she says, no, shotgun isn't enough. We got to put her in the back seat and the back right. So you can't really see her or is it back left? Anyway, put her in the back seat. And that is one of the coping strategies that I'll talk about in a minute. Another favorite line is, one day I'll watch as you're leaving. Here's what I want to tell you. Our brain wants to think she's going to go away, that we can tame her, that we can get rid of her, that one magical day in the future, she's not going to be with us. That part of our brain's not going to be there. And I've got some good news and I have some bad news. Actually, it's just news. You can interpret it how you want. She's never going to leave you. Why I interpret that to be good is because once you know that your inner mean girl is going to be with you for as long as you're alive, you can learn to make peace with her. You can learn to work with her. You can learn to manage her. Now, we also don't ever want her to leave because at her very basic level of functioning, she's designed to keep us alive. So you want her, you need her. She's helped you survive every single treacherous situation that you've ever experienced in your life. So coming to this sort of mutual, this mutual understanding of, okay, hey, I see you. I know what you're trying to do. And at the same time, there are things that I'm going to want to do and I'm going to need you to take a back seat. And that is, that is part of how we cope with her. And I'll talk to you in a second. This is about seeing her and recognizing her and bringing her along and also making sure she's in a place where she's no longer running the show where she is not reacting, where she is not in charge. We're never going to be able to shut her down. Never. And that is incredibly freeing. So how do we manage our own anti-hero? How do we then proceed and do this thing called life differently than we've done before? Because if you're like me, and I'm betting you've had these experiences, in the past, you've relied on willpower or sheer grit, or you've held on so tightly until you can no longer hold on that you just find these moments where you're exasperated and you surrender or give up, whatever the word is that you choose. Because that did work for a while. And in many situations, 
it has worked and it's gotten you to where you are today. But I just want to offer there's other solutions. There's other ways to approach this that feel silly at first, that feel a little uncomfortable. And that's okay. Whenever we try new things, we're going to experience this sense of discomfort and a little out of sorts. And you're going to say to yourself, is this really working? Or I don't really know what Stacy says sounds so silly. And I get that. I know that because I've been there. I also want you to stick with it because I know there's a part of you inside, not even so deep down, just inside that says, yeah, this is not all that fun. And what I have been doing, it's worked, but gosh, it's exhausting. And just maybe there's another way. Because I can promise you, factually speaking, if Taylor Swift wrote this song and she's experienced a fraction of what she shared with us in that song, everything that she shared, she's had to work through to write this song, to write music, to get on stage, to pivot her career, to grow and evolve, to be a woman in this society, to be a professional in this society. So if Taylor Swift can do it, so can you. So here is my very simple, very distilled down three-step process for managing your own anti-hero. And the first step is to accept she's there. That's the A. There's no more resisting her. There's no more shutting her down. There's no more wishing upon a star that someday she's not going to be there. She is part of you. She has helped you numerous times in the past and she will help you again in the future. And what this part is about is surrendering, accepting, of course, leaning in, trying to make peace with the fact that she's with you and she's never going anywhere. Part of that can look like you sitting down and putting your hand over your belly and one hand over your heart and having a really kind and compassionate conversation with that part of you. Something that goes like this. Hey, I know I don't love you. At times I don't even like you. And yet I've listened to you and I've let you run the show for so long or in this specific situation. And you know, I, I know you have my best interest at heart, but I'm gonna try something different right now. And what that does is you acknowledge her, you see her for who she is, and then you very confidently say, and I'm going to do something different. It's just like dealing with that toddler who's tantruming in the supermarket, right? When you walk by them, or you say something like, you know, no, 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 with your stern mom voice, the tantrum gets louder, which when you can bend down and look your little toddler in the eye and say, yeah, I hear you. I get you come along this way it's a very different result so that's the acceptance part the next part is developing a dialogue and that's the part that says yeah we're here we're in this together we're going to figure this out and I'm gonna figure out how to listen to you and how to proceed anyway and maybe that looks like letting her have her tantrum maybe that looks like you journaling as you listen to her list all the reasons why you don't want to raise your hand for that 
new promotion or whatever it is. Doing a brain dump so you can hear what she's saying, get it out all on paper. And then I love to look at it and see, wow, this is, this is what that part of my brain is saying. This is what she's feeling. This is what she's afraid of. You can burn it. You can rip it up. It's actually very ceremonial to do that and say, yeah, thank you. I hear you. I received this and I'm just going to put this over here for now because I'm going to go anyway. You can also listen to her and then turn down the volume. And this is more of a conscious decision. You let her rant in your head. You can rant to a friend, however you want to do it. You could rant to a voice memo in your phone. And then the next time she pops in because she will, she's had years, decades of practicing this behavior. You just turn her volume down. Imagine a proverbial dial on your brain and you just turn it, turn volume down. Yeah, no, I hear you. I'm not going to listen to you right now. Okay. And then you decide and proceed. This is, I'd say the most magical part because up until this moment, you may likely have not realized you have a choice in how we listen to her. Because remember, the more afraid she is, the more threatened she feels, the louder, the more dramatic, the graver her, her choices and decisions are gonna be to get your attention. You have a prefrontal cortex that is this executive functioning part of your brain. It's right in the front. It's kind of like, you know, in your forehead. And that is the part of your brain that's responsible for decision-making and logical, logical thought processes. And when you can calm your inner mean girl down, when you can turn her volume down, when you can have her sit in the back seat, when you can pick her up and, and say, yeah, thank you, not for now, you decide to proceed to move forward with your prefrontal cortex with that part of your brain that knows you are safe. Yes, there are risks of being judged and risks of failing and risks of, of being abandoned or turned down for the job. And yet on the other side of that is also some growth. And that is where your decision power comes from by choosing to listen to your prefrontal cortex and proceed anyway, because you want to, because you know it sounds fun because it is fun, because it's something you want to do, simply because it feels good and you're alive and you get to do this. So if you haven't already, pull up the words to Antihero, listen to this song and practice saying, it's me, hi, I'm the problem. And know that you now have tools, nothing has gone wrong and she does not have to run your show. Thanks so much for listening. If this was helpful, text this episode to your friend and reviews are always appreciated. I know you know that. You can find me on Instagram at Stacey Vulak, S-T-A-C-E-Y-V-U-L-A-K-H or email me directly. That's the best place to find me. Hello at StaceyV.com. Definitely grab the link for my weekly note in the show notes below. And remember, until next time, you're in charge. Where are you going next?